So, we met online. This is a podcast about love, sex, and everything in between, the world of online dating. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Erica. Welcome to So We Met Online. If you would like to learn more about the show, visit us online at sowemetonline.com and join us throughout social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at So We Met Online. As a dating coach, I get a lot of interesting questions from clients and friends and parents and children, all, <laughs> all of the people. And what I want to do is read a couple questions today from actual clients, their names have been changed, and the answers I gave. So that way we can discuss them. And, uh, you know, if one person has the question, then other people definitely do too. Yeah, we've done these before and they've been pretty popular. Exactly. So, yeah. Here's the question. This is from Maggie. She's 41 years old. She lives in L.A. She says, I forgot to ask you about this. I was with a friend tonight who recommended I fudge my age on these sites. I know it's not the most honest thing to do, but she said she would have never met her husband if she didn't. A lot of guys do the cutoff of 35 or 40. So me being 41 will automatically rule out a lot of guys in the age range I'm looking for. The moment she started emailing her now husband, she told him right away so she wasn't being dishonest or misrepresenting herself. Here's how I responded. I can't say this strongly enough. Do not lie about your age. Will lying attract more people? Sure. Will you feel good about it? No. Will you anger a lot of people in the process? Yes. So I'm certainly glad it worked out for your friend. But remember, she is one person. You don't know all the times, which is a lot, when it doesn't work. Lying about anything is not a good way to start a relationship. It leads people to wonder what else you're lying about. I mean, think about how you'd feel if he lied about his age or his height or anything else for that matter. Um, the right person will want you just as you are, a beautiful, smart, 41-year-old catch. So I will say, just to add to that, like, where does it, what's the cutoff at that point? Like, if someone's thinking at, at 41, I should lie about my age because people cut it off at 40. How about when you're 45, 46? You know, I, I'm 36. I know a lot of men put their cutoff at 35. Oh, well, so be it. Well, it'd been great if she meets a guy and she says immediately, look, I'm not really 40, I'm 41. And the guy responds, says, no, that's okay. I'm not really 50, I'm 65. <laughs> yeah, which has, <laughs> which has happened, but right? it doesn't make it okay. Right? I mean, is she going to say, oh, well, that's not bad. Right, exactly. And where does it end? Right. Is she 44 and still putting 39 because she thinks people cut it off at 40? Yeah. The The first thing that came to mind while you were sharing this story was how often I see on Tinder women where it says, oh, I'm not really 28. I'm 38. I'm not sure why the system oh, says God. I'm 28. You know why the system says it? Because they went into Facebook and changed their birth date. Right. And so then they try to cover because what's well, happening. Well, that too. So right. this is not. So they're trying to cover on Tinder by getting matched with the people they want to get matched with, right? Or they think they want to get matched with. But quickly on their profile declaring that's not really their age. Well, you know what I'm thinking every single time I read that? I'm like, well, I don't trust you no matter what. Exactly. Or, I mean, it happens on all the sites. Like even Match.com, you know, I'm mainly 
looking at men's profiles, but where, yeah, they'll have a particular, let's say they have 45 lists, age 45, and they say in the text, well, I'm actually 52, but my friends tell me I look, yeah, of course they do, because they're your friends. Right. And they're like, well, I'm honest, so I'm sharing this. No, if you were honest, you would just right. say the actual age. Right. So anyway, I was really glad that Maggie here listened to me. She thanked me, actually, for knocking some sense into her, which is great because you never know. Look, I'm a tough love type person. When I give advice, I do not sugarcoat it because I just want to give the advice, right? I'm not like a pad, then give the advice, then pad. And I was glad she took this, you know, at face value. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Don't lie about your age. Or anything. Or anything. Don't lie about your height. Don't lie Don't about your Don't be your, your aspirational age. self. Right. Don't be yourself. And we've said this in a previous episode. I remember the story of a woman and she wanted to put photos and information about herself that wasn't accurate. You know, again, she was lying. And But all she kept saying is, well, this is what I think people want out of me. Ugh. So she arranged a date. And the entire time she was telling me that she was nervous to go on this date. Yeah, and I because said, she's not who she portrayed right. herself. And I said, I'd rather someone be nervous because it's a date, not right. because they've lied. Right, because the entire time she's thinking, as soon as she gets to the date, he's going to see her for who she really is. And I said, wouldn't it be more beneficial to you if you were just honest from the start and attract people who want you Based on right. your real age. Even if you go on fewer dates, at least you know that those dates are, are legitimate. Exactly. Legitimate and interested in who you are today. Right. I completely agree. I don't even think we need to <laughs> say any more about that. The next question from a client is about keeping your options open. Now, just for some background, a lot of people ask... Well, should I just keep my accounts open just in case, you know, in case the relationship doesn't work out? Well, if you're keeping your options open in case the relationship doesn't work out, the relationship will not work out. Right. Because it's a chicken and an egg thing. It will become a self-fulfilling prophecy where you're keeping people waiting in the wings and then you need to use those people because you're not giving everything to this new relationship. So this question is... This is from Antonia. She is 48 in San Francisco. And she says, Hi, Erica. Hope you're well. Now that we've given Match some time and I've been on four dates with Kevin, I really like him. But I'd still like to try Christian Mingle. I've always made the mistake of dating someone exclusively too early and still want to keep my options open. What do you think? Okay, again, on the tough love yeah, game. yeah. I respond, do you want my honest answer? I don't wait for a response <laughs> on that. I think that's crazy! Exclamation point. You really like Kevin. Just because you don't want to be exclusive yet, nor should you be, it hasn't been that many dates, it doesn't mean you need to be meeting lots of other people to see if there's someone better. Is that what you're looking for? Someone better? If I've learned anything over the years, it's hold on to a good thing. You know, definitely move slowly, but why not be excited about him? Mm -hmm. That was my whole response. But I am all about keeping your doors open and deciding when it's right for you to close them. I am a big proponent of dating multiple people to see what you like, see what you don't like. But once you decide that you actually like someone, why don't you devote? If you're looking for a long-term or any type of exclusive relationship, that's a, that's a big if because not everybody is, of course. But if you are and you meet someone who you think there's potential with, then why not 
actually focus on them. Stop swiping. Stop being obsessive. I mean, just put the profile away for crying out loud. Well, the first problem is, is swiping has become an addiction for us. It has because right? it's that like dopamine. Is that right? right? It's yes. the dopamine hit. We swipe and we swipe and we look at options and we look at and we're like, what if? And it's always what if? And the grass is greener and candy store of options. And we keep thinking that maybe there's something else. In another, I mean, it's like people get a ten and they want an eleven now. Right. Exactly. Which, look, you should get what you want. But at a certain point, take what you have and learn about that person. So in my dating experience, there have been times where I have dated multiple people and I would have, you know, three or four dates a week and I would juggle them around and I would see who I enjoyed spending time with, what clicked, what didn't click, and some would fall off. And as people fell off I would add more in and you know and I just rotated around but in a previous episode when we were answering these questions before we talked about that if you really wanted to spend time with somebody you'd find a way to spend time with them right and what I discovered is that even when dating multiple people the people that I was gravitating towards the people that I was genuinely interested in those were the people that I wanted to spend my time with So what happened was instead of dating multiple people, the people I was no longer interested naturally started to Mm -hmm. fade away. And the individuals that I did want to spend time with became more consistent. Sure. And so I became gradually exclusive Mm -hmm. because those people I wanted to spend that time with. Sure. Right. And back to the, the question about should I keep my accounts open just in case it doesn't work out? First of all, no. But second... There's not going to be a lack of people available when you do this. If should it not work out and you do decide to go back online, it's not like you've missed out. Right. I, oh, yeah. You yeah. know, well, this is not a talk about soulmates, but, you know, I do believe that there are many people in this world who can make us each happy for very different reasons. Right. You're not going to miss that person because you've closed down your account for the month that you right. tried dating this person exclusively and it didn't work out. Right. I can guarantee you that if you close your account down and you open it back up in five months, there will be a ton load of people still there. I have a question. This is off topic. But what would you do if you were swiping and saw your friend's girlfriend on an app? Oh, I have. And what do you do? Do you tell the friend or not? Uh, No, because, look, I haven't been on Tinder in probably nine months, Mm -hmm. but my profile is still up. Why? Well, because I just deleted Tinder off of my phone. I didn't actually cancel, delete, and close my account out. Hmm. Let's talk about that for a sec, because deleting it on your phone still keeps your account. Correct. How do you get rid of the account? To get rid of your account on all of the apps, uh, Matt... I'm I'm asking because Chris is a technology person. Yeah. So on all of the apps, they basically have a similar process. You can suspend your account or go offline, right? Turn off notifications, not get matches, but your profile is still present. So depending upon how your process, it's possible that people are still trying to match with you or still finding your profile online. Mm Mm-hmm. The alternative is, is you actually say, I want you to delete my profile, in which case, when you delete your profile, 
then all records, all data, all matches, all messages, everything about you is removed from that service and no one can find you on that service anymore. So I'm in Tinder right now because I wanted to see the specific words they use for canceling your account. So you have an option on Tinder that says it's a little uh, slide button Mm -hmm. that says show me on Tinder. If you slide it right, you're being shown to other people. If you slide it left, you're not. Correct. Then you have an option at the very, very bottom that says delete account. When you click on the delete account option, you have two options in there. Right. One is hide my account. Correct. Which means that all of your information is still in there. Same as deactivate on a site like uh, Match. OkCupid. Yeah, OkCupid. Yep. Or delete my account, which means, like Chris said, that all of your information is now wiped. Correct. Right. Now, a lot of people, when they enter new relationships, will choose to deactivate or the hide in case it doesn't work. Correct. But I think subconsciously, having that account at the ready can sometimes cause the demise of a relationship. Yeah, I do agree with that. For me, what I found was as long as the app was on my phone, I would continue to swipe. Mm, I mean, yeah, it's in front of your face. Whereas when I deleted the app from my phone, I no longer had that ability to access the service to swipe. Right. So that's really important. So I just want all of our listeners to know, if you simply delete the app from your phone, it does not mean that you are no longer on the app. Right. And so to your question, people are still finding me. They still see me. They're still swiping on me. At least hide your account if you don't want to use it. Well, again, curious. No, again, for me, I didn't go through the whole process. I just said, I don't want this app on my phone anymore. I just deleted the app. Should I go back and delete and hide and all of that kind of stuff if I really want it gone? Sure. Mm-hmm. But again, for me, I simply just deleted the app well, off my phone. Well, is it because when you, if and when you rejoin, you want to see all of the people you've matched with while you were not active? No, I think the, for me, it would be, I don't want to have to go through the process of uploading my photo and customizing my profile and all that kind of stuff again. Again, that's my short-term okay. memory. For me, look, I haven't used Tinder in, like I said, nine months or plus simply because I just haven't had it on my phone. So more questions after the break. Sounds good. Ever wonder why dating is so hard? How to get over a breakup or what the heck is a situationship? Psychologist and relationship expert Antonio Borello's YouTube channel has all the answers to these questions and more. His most popular video, Nine Signs He Likes You takes you through some not-so-obvious ways someone might show affection. Go to youtube.com slash Antonio Borello. That's B-O-R-R-E-L-L-O. And if you like his stuff, leave a comment saying that you heard it from So We Met Online. Would your company like to be in this slot on an upcoming episode? Contact us on our website, sowemetonline.com, to inquire about how you can sponsor our show. And next time, we'll be mentioning you right here. And we're back. So this time we're talking about a question from Eileen. Again, the names have been changed. She is 67 years old, and she lives in Toronto. She asks, could we brainstorm some more about what I can do differently to meet Mr. Wonderful? I know we may have discussed this before, But do you think men are scared off by the fact that I'm 67 and have never been married? Of course, they don't know I was engaged and how I'm a committed person. I answered, to be frank, 
I do believe that some men are perceiving your age and not having been married as a red flag, which is unfortunate. As I told another client recently, a 29-year-old guy who's having difficulty because he's 5'6", we all have perceived red flags that we can't control. For men, it's often height that women perceive as a red flag. For women, it's often age and or weight that people perceive as a red flag. For the over 50 crowd, there's a stigma for not having been married before. For the 20s and 30s crowd, there might be a stigma for having been married before. And the list goes on. In other words, you're not special in the very best way possible. Thoughts on that? That's a question I get from a lot of people. Uh, My clients over 40, uh, 40 is an arbitrary number, but who have not been married do ask me, is there a stigma? And for better or for worse, there is sometimes. More for women than for men. I hate to say it. No, there's absolutely a stigma about age and not being married. But I think it's on both sides. I definitely think that if if I had not been married and didn't have kids and I was in my 40s and I went on a date and was asked. She would wonder what's wrong with you. Yeah, I think she would definitely wonder what was wrong with me. Which is unfortunate because everyone has a story. Like you may very well have lived with someone for 10 years and just not gotten married for one reason or another. Uh, right. I, ab- absolutely. And it's, it's the same with the word separated. People assume it means something. In people's heads, people assume separated somehow means you're sleeping in the same bed and you might reconcile. We don't know the story. Yeah, we don't know the story. We don't know what emphasis you've placed on life. There are plenty of wonderful single women in the world who have never been married and they focused on their careers. They focused on travel. They focused on things. I've actually suggested to plenty of women in my dating life or just meeting women and friendships, don't rush to get married. Enjoy your life. Do the things that you want to do before you decide to settle down. And sometimes that is extended a little longer than they want it to be. I don't think that's an issue. But yes, I think there's a stigma about it. I do want to say, so along these lines, A lot of people ask, well, what do I do if I get to a date and someone asks me point blank, why haven't you been married? Or why did you get divorced? Or or even the what's wrong with you? Right. First of all, that's nobody's business. But can we stop people from asking inappropriate questions? Of course not. So I usually give the advice of saying, you know, that's in my past. I'm really looking forward to meeting new people and moving forward. Now, does that deflect the question? Of course it does. But the last thing you want is the first question out of someone's mouth to put you on the defensive on your date. Like if someone says to me, why haven't you been married before? It automatically puts me on the defensive. Like you already presume there's something wrong with me. How about the fact that everyone has different standards? Everyone does different things in life. It's not your business. Yeah, I agree. Yet people assume it is their business. Right. Well, we always feel that if I'm on a date with somebody, they're supposed to be an open book to me. There's not supposed to be any question that is Yeah, but you can open the the, You don't have to open the book to page 200 right away. You can open it to page 200. That's true. That's Um, true. Because I also get most of my older clients have been married before, whether they're divorced or widowed. And they often get So tell me your divorce story on the first date, which I do not believe is appropriate first date conversation because that automatically goes to a negative place. Yeah, and I think... Not automatically, but on the whole, it goes to a negative place. You're trying to learn about each other in present day. Right, and I think in a lot of cases, we get thrown off by these types of questions 
But I do believe that it's okay for us to push back or to just say, look, I think there's a time and place for us to have these types of questions and, and discussions. But I think for tonight, on our first date, I'd really like to just talk about you and... I love that answer. Right? Because it keeps it in the present moment. I mean, it's so important to be engaged, to be really fully there on your first date because you get one first impression only. And often, you know, if somebody does ask that question about tell me your divorce sob story, right? Then it gets to, we've talked about this before, sometimes you hear things you should not know. I mean, I've been told things without having asked about people's, uh, you know, exes that I, I mean... One guy I remember sitting at the bar and the entire date he talked to me about his ex-wife and how she was mentally unstable. And that was, look, I don't know if that's a clinical thing or his opinion. Regardless, it wasn't my business. And he really spoke poorly of her. And I just kept thinking, one, this is not appropriate. And two, I can't see this guy again because he will speak poorly of me one day. Exactly. And look, once you've answered that question... They say, tell me about your divorce, and you answer the question about the divorce. You're basically saying, well, that means that every other possible question is on the table now. I can ask Mm. you about kids. I can ask you about religion. I can ask you about politics. I can ask you about all of these more or less taboo questions on the first date because you've already answered one of them. Right. Right. And and I also, this is a little off topic, but please read someone's profile before you get there because I'm working with a wonderful woman who is, her husband passed away. And some of the men she's gone out with ask her, well, tell me your divorce story. And she'll say, I'm not divorced. And they'll say, oh, you've never been married. No, I was married. Yeah. Just read the profile. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would kindly push back really on any of these questions and bring it back into the present and ask, you know, interesting questions to really get to know somebody outside of all of the baggage and nitty gritty that we all have. Right, you'll get to the baggage. But let's see if you even like talking to each other before the baggage becomes important. So with that, thanks again, as always, for listening. If you do have questions you want us to answer on a future episode, you're more than welcome to email us at Hey, 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 at so we met online.com. You can find us on Instagram, so we met online, Twitter, all the places. And we thank you again for listening. 